0: Every month, we do a program called You and Your Money with some of the experts at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors. And the Z-Man is here today. We're joined by Jim Zahansky. And our overall topic today, this month, is going to be something called the SECURE Act. We'll get to that in a moment. But, Jim, good morning. Thanks for coming in today. And as we always do, we start things off by getting a recap of the market. Good. How's it going? Good. How about you? Happy That's, New Year. Yeah, it's good. You know, I could do more of these seventy-degree days. I did a three-mile walk on the Hop River Trail in Bolton Notch yesterday after the marathon game. Oh yeah, shorts, fabulous. Shorts and a t-shirt. I, right. I was in. I was in for it. Yeah. Next weekend it'll snow. I don't know. What's Pat saying? Snow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's a little vague, but it's still five, six days away. Let's yeah. not, you know, let not board up the windows. It is just January. Yet. Let's let's yeah. be,
1: let's be cautious. But seventy in January is nice to have. Uh, it's, well, I, I can kind of correlate that seventy-degree weather yesterday to how the markets have been doing. Um, when we, when we sat here a year ago, remembering entering into 2019, would anybody have predicted that the equity markets were up 25 percent for the year or more? Uh, and that the international markets were up double digits fixed income or bonds also performed really well obviously these returns were much better than we might have anticipated a year ago we were thinking about things like well on christmas eve in two thousand eighteen the market was down twenty percent and then we came into the year with this uh... this thing called the china trade situation that really kind of brought significant volatility last year the trade war uh you know, has I think this week the first phase of the trade war will be signed with China. The trade deal will be signed with China this week, the first phase of it. But nonetheless, uh clearly a really positive year last year and we're coming into this year quite strong as well. Um, And what's driving that, you ask? Well, all of this volatility that's occurred between the China trade war, maybe some impeachment. um, Iran is the most most recent uh, issue with volatility in the markets. But what's keeping them propped up, really, is strong, what we call technicals or fundamentals uh, in the economy. Things like really strong employment, uh, strong employment numbers, uh, things like uh, accommodative monetary policy by the Federal Reserve and globally, um, consumer spending, people like you and me and, and everyone listening are continuing to spend money. And that is one of the main drivers of significant growth um, in, in the economy. And I think generally what we've seen is as we come into this year, we expect this strong equity markets or, or stock performance to continue. Uh, and as we, I think the risks as, as we're looking at them right now for this year are that the, while, while all things like employment and consumer spending are continuing to be strong, they're slowing down. And so they're slowing in essence because we've been on this long drive up or bull market since the end of 2008-2009 uh, period of the Great Recession. And so with all that considered, um, we're also in an election year. We have not worked through the impeachment process. and. Considering the fact that, uh, that we are only in phase one of the China trade deal, we're not certain if there'd be more of these trade wars going on. So those are some of the immediate kind of risks as we see them. But nonetheless, uh, really coming off a strong year in 2019, if you're looking at your 401k and you didn't make money, you should talk to whoever's
0: running that. And if not, you should go talk to you. Now, you often talk about uncertainty and volatility. You just did. You mentioned a couple of things. And what I was interested in was this Iran thing is becoming pretty big, but it doesn't seem to have taken any kind of a negative hit on the markets. So am I right about that?
1: Yeah, there was some initial volatility, I think, the first uh, maybe a week ago. Um, and and I think w- what's what's interesting about it is, uh, you know, clearly it, there appears to be a back-off politically on, on this. And, and so um, – The strong fundamentals of the U.S. economy like strong employment, these technicals that I'm talking about that keep propping up the volatility, they remain really strong. And uh, those are are positive signs as we head into this year. So essentially, the markets have shrugged off Iran as a short-term issue. Should it continue, though, to go longer, then we would expect more volatility to rear its head again. So in other words, shrug, market shrugged it off and we've moved on. But I think as, if it goes on and you start to see, we saw protests over the weekend, if you see some some political backlash in Iran or some change there um, that would be negative to the US or its allies, that, that could be a challenge to the markets.
0: Now we won't have you or your partners here next week or the week after, it's a monthly program, but let's just hypothetically say that our listeners want this kind of information every week. Where should they go?
1: <laughs> great question, yeah, so we have this great website, uh, whzwealth.com/resources. On there are these type of updates as well as other financial information, uh, and w- we track obviously uh, all things financial and strategic wealth uh, management.
0: That's whzwealth.com/resources. All right, this is what they've all been tuning in for this morning, Jim. They want to know what is the Secure Act. How does it affect our listeners? I notice also, by the way, that it's in all capitals. Is that significant? is that because it's a, an acronym? It is.
1: Yeah. So so uh great great catch there. Um you know, wrapping up, I, I think that, that there's such there's such anticipation of the Secure Act. Uh but, but in all honesty, the Secure Act is probably the most dynamic piece of retirement legislation since two thousand six. So, you know, Congress acted in late December of 2019 to initiate the Secure Act, and to your point, what's it stand for? Well, it's it's essentially setting every community up for retirement enhancement. So Congress is getting real cute in these acronym names, Uh, but but it really but it really does actually have some real positive. uh, I think there's some positive outcomes for individuals for businesses and generally the intent of it is to allow more people, more of your listeners, more people in the US to save for retirement because there's that it really is a challenge when you consider how we all will retire and you know Social Security is a certain amount of money but where else will you get that income from? Obviously you need to save money and so this is enabling, I'll talk more details about it, but the SECURE Act the intent of it and the intent of the legislation is to enable more people to save money through their employers, and it empowers more employers to actually start savings plans like four hundred and one ks.
0: With this new proposal, this new plan, would that mean it's time to see your strategic wealth advisor and maybe swap a few things around or open new accounts? What what, what do people do now that this is on the table? Yeah, I mean, so the
1: first step they have to think about is, how how do I save money for retirement, right? So everyone looks at their budget, they say, wow, okay, I'm spending a lot of money here, I'm spending a lot of money there. Well, can you take some pre-tax money, can you afford, depending on what you're making and what your budget is, consider what you could afford to save. And then all the things that we've always talked about on these shows is, you know, how do you invest, you know, a diversified approach likely, um, and... The simplicity now of investing in a in a 401k or some type of retirement program um, is actually pretty pretty strong. So you, you there are there are actually choices that align to your retirement date, and then someone manages that for you. So um, I would say you need to first consider is what you can save in your budget, but make the hard choices and start saving because then you can apply things like compound interest and market growth over time, which is really where an individual investors win.
0: Does the SECURE Act have an effect on people who have retired who are over 70? It does,
1: yeah. Um, so there are a couple implications there, and probably the most significant implication, because there are 39 different changes in retirement law. We're going to focus on probably four or five of them today. One of them, though, is the one you just you talked about. So if you are, um, it pushes the required minimum distribution, that the IRS imposes on your retirement savings. So each year it was after the age of 70 and a half, you'd have to take a required minimum distribution and you'd be taxed on that, right? So the SECURE Act actually pushes that to age 72. So if you're sitting here today and you're age 69, um, you now have until the age of 72 to in fact take that required minimum distribution. The other implication is if you're still working, uh, you can continue to contribute to your IRA, um, that is also a nice change, as long as you're earning income. The key word is earned income. So if you're working and earning income, you can now contribute to your IRA past the age of 70 and a half. That was not possible before. So um, don't have to take required minimum distribution to age 72 and if you're still earning income, Past the age of seventy and a half, you can contribute to your IRA, which allows you to get tax savings when you when you in fact invest money uh, in an IRA. Your uh, it's growing tax deferred, and uh, and you're able to uh, you know depending on your income level potentially get a, a, a tax credit on that contribution to your
0: IRA. Does the Secure Act mean that if you're working and you're approaching seventy or whatever that age is? That you have to now contribute more, or are you still contributing what you had in the last couple of decades? Yeah, you can you continue
1: to. So the the IRS sets limits annually to what you can contribute to an IRA, um, and you know if you're over the age of fifty, um, it's going to be it's going to be seven thousand uh, dollars this year. So that that limit is is monitored by the IRS.
0: What are some of the other key provisions for the individual investor
1: um, there I think that generally speaking the, uh, the the two bigger ones are for the folks that the required minimum distribution is pushed and then you can save the uh, save p- up past the age seventy and a half if you have earned income the other one is if you're inheriting in, uh, an IRA so someone in your family passes and you're the beneficiary beneficiary of it um, the stretch inheritance option is no longer available. You used to inherit that money, say, say it was $100,000, um, and you could stretch the distribution of that over your lifespan. So if you were 70 and you know you were predicted to live to 90, you you'd take an annual distribution over those 20 years. Instead now you have to take it within a 10-year period of the inheritance. So the implication there is uh, you are taxed on that inheritance on a more aggressive rate than you would have previously. An accelerated rate. It has to be within 10 years as opposed to what your lifespan may be. Now, of course, if you're inheriting this at, you know, 80 or 90, it really makes no difference. But if you're inheriting it at 30 or 40 or or even 70, um, it does accelerate the taxation of that inheritance, uh, which you know, basically requires some planning with your advisor, your financial advisor or with your CPA.
0: So Jim, how might the new 10-year withdrawal period affect surviving beneficiaries, and what are some of the strategies for limiting potential negative effects?
1: Right, so remember, this is what we're talking before the break. If you're, if you're someone who's inheriting um, from an IRA, if someone passes and you're the beneficiary on it, say it's $100,000, instead of that inheritance you being required to take a minimum distribution each year for for what your lifespan is projected to be, you now have to take that in 10 years. So in effect, that that change via the SECURE Act uh, likely has some immediate tax implications to you because it's additional earned income in that year. Uh, number one and two it limits the tax deferred growth that you would have received by taking it over your lifespan so those are some some challenges uh, that you know we're thinking about for our clients and if there are a few planning strategies we're considering one is doing um, uh, Roth IRA conversions for those that have inherited some money so if you've inherited IRA money um, and now you're in a lower tax bracket. You're at the age where your earned income is less. We may, in fact, convert you some uh, some of your traditional IRA dollars that you just inherited to a Roth IRA. And that, that likely has some positive tax implications. However, each case is different, so we have to look at that um, likely with your CPA. But that'd be one planning strategy that could help you uh, gain some tax efficiency. And then the two others really relate to likely working with um, an estate planning attorney and your financial advisor uh, and maybe consider a charitable remainder trust should that inheritance be uh, quite large. um, And that might allow you to get some income um, from that Uh, from from that inheritance um, and still be charitable with the remainder of it and reduce and gain some tax efficiency of it. And then the third would just be to do some general estate planning to understand where in fact is this inheritance that you just gave uh, fit into your overall financial plan and your estate plan and how do you gain tax efficiency out of it and still achieve all of your goals. So those are the uh, kind of three areas we're focusing on for those folks that are um, inheriting money in, in from, an, from an IRA account
0: um, and now you'll have to use that money within 10 years. How does the SECURE Act affect employers and businesses?
1: Yeah, generally, uh, if we go way back to where we started this morning, I mean, generally it's favorable for individuals and employers. Uh, You know, employers have long struggled, especially small businesses, long struggled to provide a retirement plan benefit for those employees and this new legislation uh... once understood and begun to enacted really should provide uh... employers especially against small businesses that have struggled with either the complexities of establishing a 401k uh... or the legal and expense requirements they that that uh... is required in order to, to run these so and and specifically um, what what the new secure act enables folks to do is um, open what are called multiple employer plans um, this is taking small businesses. Say you have you know three to four employees or something, um, and and then you'll pool those employees with other smaller companies to enable yourself to offer this type of a benefit. Now, of course, you need to consider whether this is something you want to provide for your employees and can afford, perhaps the matching expense. But nonetheless, if if you're a small employer and you're listening. Um, you know, this might be something that you talk to, uh, to your, you know, um, accountant about or your financial advisor. And would it make sense to, for your company to join one of these multiple employer plans or MEPs
0: so that you can uh, offer a retirement savings benefit to your, to your employees? What's the buzz at the office of Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky? Are you getting people calling or maybe walking in and saying, well, what's this whole Secure Act thing all about? i never heard of this before.
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's in our world. It's actually, like I was saying, uh, since probably the most groundbreaking retirement legislation since since '06, um, and clearly some of the stronger legislation even since the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017. But, but I think for this one, it's a win for um, for individuals looking to save for retirement, for employers who are looking to offer this benefit in a very tight labor market. And um, generally speaking, I mean, if you think back to the individual trying to save for retirement, many of us all work in, you know, part-time jobs or jobs where we don't, aren't um, able to get retirement benefits. Well, this SECURE Act now, in theory, changes it. That So even if you're a, a longstanding part-time employee, um, you now likely will be eligible, depending on how your plan is set up at your employer, to save for retirement. That's one. Two is that if your employer wasn't able to afford to offer a retirement plan, this legislation should change that ability. So those two things um, really should be able to allow more individuals to save for retirement and more employers to offer the plan. So, you know, I'm sure after this radio show, uh, you know, people, and, and we, we convert this to a, po- a podcast, uh, there'll be more people knocking on our doors at Hale and Zahansky. But nonetheless, um, we're really excited because it, it is a broad uh, option in in policy and a change in policy, which offers more people to save money for retirement, because we know Social Security alone is not going to help you. Podcast.
0: Where can I hear the podcast,
1: Jim? <laughs> well, you can hear this very show, and Wayne's voice continued in perpetuity. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Jim's. <laughs> um, and we, uh, we convert these radio shows to podcasts, and you can listen to them at uh, whzwealth.com.
0: It's better to go to your website, but they're also on our website under the link that says, drumroll please, podcast. Going back to the employers and business question, does this new Secure Act cost employers more or would they be essentially paying what they have done to this point before the Secure Act was enacted?
1: Yeah, good question. So, depending on what type of plan the you know that that the employer chooses, um it should it should be a less expensive proposition uh because with the multiple employer plans, it will Build a scale so that so that you know if you're a small employer and you only have three employees, you're going to join into this group of other employers, and it should overall reduce expenses. Also, it does uh, the the Secure Act does limit the amount of regulatory filings that need to be filed by the employer, so that's a positive sign. Um, and I think the other thing that it does um, is offer a tax credit to businesses. Uh, so, so you know, the tax credits have increased. So this, this is the real reasons why employers, if you're listening in a small business, really should should find out more about this if it's a benefit, if retirement savings is a benefit you want to give to your employees and you've always thought that you couldn't afford it, it might be worth looking
0: into now. Are there other unique strategies that employers can utilize to maximize these changes?
1: Yeah, well, they can, um, because aside from the tax credit, they can also increase the amount uh, if they're in a safe harbor plan, so that's one of the in retirement vehicles that they could choose from. Um, if they're in a safe harbor plan, they can offer a deferral maximum now up to 15%. So, you know, there are, again, getting at tax efficiency. I mean, there's if you're an employer offering this, you generally want to help people save for retirement that are working for you. Uh, you also likely want to get a tax credit on it. And and third, um, you know, you're looking to save for your own retirement. So um, all of those things can, can be, now be garnered Uh, if you're a a business owner and haven't been uh, offering retirement plans.
0: There's so many aspects of this that are going to be new to some people. So how can the listeners prepare and stay informed about all these changes?
1: Yeah, again, there are 39 provisions that the SECURE Act offers to individuals and businesses uh, that change the retirement saving landscape. And so uh, they can see all 39. We've probably talked about five or six. They can see all 39 at whzwealth.com. Backslash news.
0: And I can't let you get away without breaking more news this morning. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, strategic wealth advisors, announcing that managing partners, principals Lawrence Hale and Jim Zahansky, have been selected. As Connecticut five-star wealth managers, individuals are carefully selected. Among thousands of wealth managers across the USA, five-star professionals developed a rigorous, multifaceted research methodology approach that incorporates input from peers and firm leaders along with client retention rates, industry experience, and a thorough regulatory history review. So, Jim, congratulations on that. Just a couple thoughts on that.
1: Thanks, Wayne. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's always nice to be honored. Uh, Lawrence and I are both humbled by this. It's a pretty rigorous process that Five Star takes. I think the thing that we're honored about uh, in this is that uh, you know our clients are working with us. We're working for them every day to help them achieve their goals. They're the most important piece of our business and we try to help them achieve their goals. There's nothing more rewarding when, when someone's goal is achieved and we've helped them do it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I think we're also proud of our, of our regulatory background, so you know, uh, no customer complaints and, and, and things that go along with it, and that's an important criteria when you're considering being a five-star wealth uh, advisor is you always have to do the right thing for your clients, and we pride ourselves in doing that every day.
0: Jim Zahansky talking about this new piece of legislation that affects a lot of people called the SECURE Act. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors, Principal, Managing Partner, Lawrence Hale, AAMS, CRPS, Vice President, Associate Financial Advisor, Liesl Cording, CFP, and Principal, Managing Partner, James A. Zahansky, AWMA, some year we can talk about those, me, (laughs) offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, Connecticut, 06259. Phone number 860 928 2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky strategic wealth advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. Content is sourced and researched through 2019 Commonwealth Financial Network. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. Jim, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Wayne. 14 WILI Willimatic and 95.3 FM.